Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to Yelai, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. JPS Kohli, who is the founder of Skill Up Technologies, which provides cloud-based uh, learning solutions to enterprises. Hi, JPS. Welcome to Yelai. Hi, uh, Priyanjan. This is a pleasure to be here. Uh, I, uh, to start up with, uh, I would request you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about your pre-entrepreneurial journey. Like, where were you born and brought up? And where did you study and uh, any any work stints before entrepreneurship? How did you land up into the entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, well, uh, I'm a storyteller. I can go on for a long time, but uh, I started my professional career in, uh, in India, in the Delhi area with uh, NIIT uh, in the content development space. Uh, primarily in IT training, but developing content at three different roles, uh, project manager, instructional designer, writer, media developer, a lot of that. And then managed teams very quickly and early uh, in that career and uh, did mostly work for US-based uh, clients uh, that NIT was doing and the other companies that I joined initially in that early phase was also that we did Gartner Group Learning for Microsoft content, all certification exam map content, but that time uh, the delivery of the training format was either a CD-ROM that you put in your PC and you learn from that. So it was a CBT computer-based training that I started developing on. So I got some really good insights on how that training industry works from a content uh, perspective that got delivered through training partners. Mm -hmm. So I've been in that business for 27 years now in learning and training industry, started as a training became a team leader, group manager, and all that. Uh, then I, very early in my career, within four years to five years, I was uh, be, became the chief technology officer for a company, which is based out of Seattle area, where I stay now, mm -hmm. uh, the company, which is multiple zones. But the India division, I became the CTO for them. And they were a direct marketer for IT products. Uh, and uh, in, uh, in the business-to-business -business space, B2B space in India, uh, there was a catalog of over 15,000 IT products. Uh, take all your brands, uh, IBM, uh, Lenovo, Cisco routers, all of that, uh, to businesses who wanted that through a paper catalog. And my job was to build a web portal. Uh, and I ended up building India's largest web store for IT products uh, in the year 99-2000. Um, and uh, I was covered in Times of India as a CTO profile, uh, a few uh, branding. So very early in life, got to launch that. I had a good uh, team of about 30 people. And uh, the, the web portal had 15,000 items, 100 odd principal brands. We partnered with principals and did co-marketing campaigns and stuff like that. So very early grounding in running the business. And uh, uh, it was very semi-entrepreneurial because I didn't put any money. But mm -hmm. it gave me, I was the president of the business, it gave a CTO to start with. And then it gave me full insights on how to run a business. But from CTO post-September 11 uh, issue when the market fell, we converted that uh, technology team that I had into a profit center. So then we started doing services business. Uh, in the U.S. and I added the e-learning and learning and training domain that I was very familiar with. 
and became a public center, grew that uh, that team to uh, 250 plus uh, people. Uh, and that was a very good grounding as the president of the uh, solutions and learning solutions business. Uh, and that's when Microsoft hired me uh, to come and run their learning division out of uh, Hyderabad, uh, mm -hmm. out of Hyderabad Dev Center. So I, that was again a very startup experience within Microsoft because I, my job was to set up the training team in India. Uh, there were some two or three folks that were set up and uh, I was hired to expand that. I grew that team and then spent about 10 years total at Microsoft. They moved me into a global role uh, to US uh, where I was the worldwide uh, director for content development across all the commercial training products. Uh, so things that, that are Microsoft certified exams for content mapping to that across all their portfolio. So, uh, which I had four dev centers, four dev teams at the, as the largest role. And then the last two years, having spent so much on the learning industry and training industry already from a content and development perspective, I became the director for uh, online training uh, from a product management perspective. And then in that last two years at Microsoft, uh, 2013 to 2015, my job was to reshape the learning uh, uh online training at Microsoft because it was a very commercial partner-led model, about 1,500 channel partners. Uh, mm -hmm. So in India, it was NIT, AppTech, and all of those growth, and, and the worldwide too. So about 1,500 channel partners, the training was delivered through them. And so we started going more direct and started experimenting with massive open online courses. I took Microsoft to edX uh, as a platform, launched six courses there. So again, that is where I started looking at what is today's generation needing. Uh, Microsoft was delivering over half a million trainings, deep trainings in classroom settings, five days training, three days training, that are on Microsoft official curriculum, uh, but only half a million trainings are delivered. And everybody was gravitating to these online sites and MOOCs, the massive open online course platforms. And we wanted to go where the learners were going. And so that's how Microsoft started going more direct. That's set in motion some of the strategies that I launched that Microsoft Learning team is still doing. They are more direct now. You can go to Microsoft Learn and consume quite a lot of content and uh, quite online and uh, things like that. Now, so I had a reflection. I said, okay, 10 years at Microsoft, I need to start something uh, of my own. And that's where Skill Up uh, was formed. Uh, so I launched uh, uh, ScaleUp as a transformational and learning organization. Uh, and then ScaleUp Online, uh, our training platform, uh, was a subdivision initially, and then we poked it into a different entity altogether. And that's what we have scaled. And the whole idea behind uh, ScaleUp is that uh, your learners uh, want a variety of formats. They are not, you know, one size doesn't fit all, you cannot hear a lot of that. And so how do you provide deeper learning and still higher outcomes mm -hmm. in a model that works both ways? So the, the traditional model that I was talking that uh, Microsoft commercial channel-led model was limited. You provided deeper learning, but only to audience that preferred that style. And then the e-learning model where everything swung to one side, the pendulum, uh, the model was learn on your own, anytime, anywhere, right? But both those extremes were not delivering because in the e-learning model, anytime, anywhere, you had a challenge of motivation. Students were not. If you look at your own lives, 
you need somebody to push you your parents your teachers your peer pressure or all of those that's not right. there in e learning in self paced learning only 4 to 5% people are self motivated others need some sort of a support system to go and deliver so that's where we said at scale up we will kind of go more blended middle path we'll have better you know there'll be a human touch involved and there'll be uh this online pieces involved so it'll give you flexibility so it's best of the both world so in in that sense it's almost a spiritual philosophy of following the middle path you know how do you mm-hmm. take the best of everything that's available in today's context and apply it and that's what scale up is been doing so uh, uh, tell us a bit about the initial days of scale up like uh, um, you transition from a, a corporate role to becoming a, a full time founder so what were the initial challenges how did you set up the team and how did you find the initial client yeah so when i reflect back I, it's a very good question and that's why i probably even gave a little bit of a journey like while it is a entrepreneurial role for me Uh, i felt a little more comfortable having done that at multiple zones with somebody else's money but a free hand to really run that business scale up i had set up offices in the us and all of that and then at microsoft setting up a team in india from scratch and competing with the uh, you know interacting totally with the us team with the corporate headquarters and still having uh, not only the pride but the work that you we were delivering out of hyderabad to be at a global level and things like that so some of that experience really helped and that and then in my microsoft uh, new role of product management and shaping the online training world was also similar so it gave me a little bit of confidence but this time it was with my own money scale up was formed so my very early uh, because i had been in the learning and training industry for so long uh, i felt that let's start with consulting and providing training services this modern training services or transformational learning is what we call to clients and it was it was interesting because my network uh, what uh, microsoft gave me was a good network so immediately microsoft laptop a lot of people who knew I started on my own hey i need this training to be built and i became scale up became a vendor to microsoft very quickly uh and started providing content services and consulting services and including some really good uh projects that we started doing with microsoft teams to others and then we became ibm partners for content development for coursera uh, we are the uh, one of the preferred vendors for all of the training content development both in the industry and in the uh in the uh, academic and university space same thing for edx uh we did some content for the novo uh, we continue to do that work so we kind of quickly got sucked into this enterprise domain and providing consulting and services so that early days were actually uh, very uh, i would say we were lucky early days were good because the cost level structure was very low and we got very quick contracts uh and some of them were long term contracts so i set up a team in india Uh, so this is based out of seattle that scale up is formed uh within a year year and a half we had set up a team in india uh to deliver some of the work uh for us as well as for india as well and started expanding so our two big centers being seattle and uh, india and now we opened up the european center uh, a couple of years back uh, in uh, portugal so the early 
uh, early uh, phase was growth rapidly. Also now applying, really being very intentional. Uh, we were going after uh, what we say profit center uh, roles. Uh, so, you know, cost center, we, we did not add cost very quickly. Uh, so as a startup, a lot of, uh, you know, my time, some of the key people that I engaged initially, our time was primarily to execute projects and execute them uh, with high quality, with high margins, or with margins if you were high or low, but, you know, whether you were acquiring a new client or you were going deeper. So that we were able to grow with that very quickly. And then we realized that we were, because we were operating in this modern training space, uh, that a lot of companies needed. And they said, hey, digital transformation was a buzzword, for example. And we were talking about learning transformation. And that was also a digital transformation, so to say. So how do you get, how do you do enablement and training and readiness? As an example, for Microsoft, HR was going through a massive transformation project. We beat some of the top names in the industry in consulting to actually be the training and enablement partner uh, and have been there for five years. Uh, with them with a massive rollout in 140 countries. So all of that training content was something we were developing. Uh, so just uh, some of that early uh, things helped. And then as we grew as of the profit, one of the things I did was the profits that were coming, we kept putting it back and we started investing. I started investing in this training platform, which is Skill Up Online, uh, and then formed it as a separate company because that is something we said in the consulting side of the business, we were preaching. We were saying, this is how learning transformation needs to take place. We were involved with strategy discussion, learning readiness frameworks, uh, you know, curriculum design, and then building courses, maintaining, managing them, and all of that. Some uh, even uh, building some platforms uh, to run a full uh, veteran affairs uh, training portal for Microsoft, uh, did work for Department of Defense, and there are many other projects that we did. Uh, so then we said, okay, you know, we are preaching, we can practice. So as a practice, let's go and show how this is done as well. And that is where Skill Up Online shows the modern way you can learn uh, and specifically focus on future skills. Mm -hmm. So that's how the journey has been. Any any big challenges that you faced along the way while building and growing this venture? Yeah, so obviously day-to-day -day challenges, you, uh, you, you know, operating in some of that early uh, part of my first part of my life uh, with uh, one in India, uh, second in growing in a, you know, new team and adapting to rapidly changing environments, like I mentioned, September 11, uh, uh, that was a pivotal moment and we had to quickly turn our or center into profit center. So some of those experiences uh, allowed me to think about how challenges come. So we we think about it in, uh, with a lot of flexibility. That while we have the uh, we have the mountain or the peak that we need to climb, our goal in mind, our journey can be a little more flexible. And so we believe that a lot because you know by the time you go 200 meters you will see the road ahead from there. For me to imagine that I will only take this road to the mountain peak is, is you know, I'm fooling myself. So I need to say, okay, I need to get to the peak, but I don't know how many times I will have to change or adapt to the environment. 
I'm going and there is suddenly a ditch in front of me and we have to retrace ourselves and go back. So yes, so we face challenges and saying, okay, what do we do? This is a bigger project that we are bidding for. We don't have resources. So hiring was in the early part uh, of our growth. Uh, hiring was obviously, you know, getting good people uh, with a profile that was only one or two years in the business. Yes, you know, you carried your over profile. So people may question, say, oh, this is a very young company, do I join or not? So hiring was one challenge, uh, but, uh, uh, or picking up larger projects than we felt we could deliver that required upfront investments, uh, you know, so making sure that the cash flow is there um, uh, to kind of, while we could see that we have to deliver and get margins. Uh, so I think some of those challenges were there, but by and large, I would say the early phase, uh, which many companies face, um, uh, which is a financial crunch that you have to continue to pump uh, money for losses. We did not face that, uh, you know, till you are able to turn into profit. Uh, some of that has been lucky. The timing, market timing was good when Scale Up started as well. Uh, so we were able to grow business and pump the profits back into the business to further grow it. Uh, so we didn't hesitate to kind of go, uh, you know, go for the leaps, go for larger businesses, go for bigger contracts. Uh, so we kept taking those uh, pieces. Today's market situation is very different. So if mm -hmm. scale up was in today's situation, you would have to be a little more conservative, a little, little more, uh, you know, held back and make sure that uh, the contracts also, uh, you know, what are the payment terms, what are the margins upfront. Uh, whereas in the time that early years for us, uh, we were saying, let's go for it and then we'll figure it out. So there was, and, and from a timing and luck perspective, it, it uh, helped us. Yeah. So uh, speaking of today's market, I think uh, the content for a long time has been a very integral part of any business, be it educational, be it uh, entertainment or be it marketing. Uh, but lately uh, i think uh, the internet is crowded with content both uh, there is short form content there are otts there are uh, different skill platforms and uh, things like chat gpt which uh, en enables you to create content at scale so uh, how do you see as a venture uh, a content centric venture and uh, how do you plan to navigate through the current market uh, dynamics yeah, so I my belief when you look historically, any disruptive technology changes when they come, obviously there is a change in how things are done. The rules change, but the what automation and um, innovation does is primarily what you are doing, you are able to do faster. Mm -hmm. So the AI disruption, while it is huge, right? It is nothing less than going from a typewriter to a computer. Many jobs went away, but many more came up. And now you're able to produce faster. You're able to deliver things fast. So AI is going to automate and generate, you know, the pace of this uh, innovation and pushing the world faster ahead uh, to reach the stars, so to say, is, is phenomenal. But that also means you need more skilled people to understand, to manage that, to use those tools, like you needed more programmers, more uh, office productivity people uh, to use the word Excel, PowerPoint, 
uh, and these uh, you know productivity software to get work done rather than a typewriter. And now you can suddenly do uh, a lot of those uh, speed and new jobs kind of, or your nature of your jobs change. So I think it's that disruptive. Uh, content for specifically, uh, it is disruptive because the generative AI aspect is going to start generating more and more. Yeah. Uh, however, the the creativity aspect, the um, you know uh, creating new content, it is still taking uh, from the you know collective uh, human intelligence uh, or knowledge in the system of today not of what it would be tomorrow. So your pace is also going to increase tomorrow. Um, and I think, um, so we we focus very heavily, and that is not the, uh, while AI is getting into, uh, from a high curve, you go into early uh, adoption to, you know, early majority to late majority. So AI has gone from the early uh, adoption phase. We launched skill up and future skills training when it was still relatively earlier. You know, we were talking about AI, data science, machine learning courses since our formation in 2016. Our catalog, the courses that we end up delivering are all future skills with soft skills. So we believe that human skills element, uh, the soft skills, uh, you know, how to collaborate better, how to operate in a virtual environment, how to, how to manage uh, your relationships. Now virtually, you do not have the benefit of seeing. So sitting on the camera every time. So those are some of the things that People need along with the future skills training uh, and, and the belief that AI is not going to displace the worker, uh, you know, your job. It is the AI worker that is going to displace you. And if it is the AI worker that is going to displace you, you got to get on understanding how AI works, how what cybersecurity is, how do you leverage IoTs, you know, and uh, what's the power of data science uh, with all this data that is available because every job has now become a technology job. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter you're in a pharmaceutical company, in a retail, in anything. If you have the, if you understand the power of data that is coming to you, and a lot of that is coming digitally, you can make impacts in your business. And that's why what ScaleUp is focused on, ScaleUp Online, uh, for future skilling, uh, for future skills training. For the content side of it, it has become faster. We are mm -hmm. still some parts of it, the generated AI, uh, you know, you know, there is plagiarism issue, there is copyright issues, some of those that are unanswered right now. But uh, within our own development cycles, we started using uh, the benefits that it provides. So if you want a very quick idea, you know, a lot of time what we say is writers block uh, authors when you're writing a new content. You know, mm -hmm. how do I shape, what should be my content outline structure? AI helps you get started very quickly. Give me three, four different pathways of how I could write for this kind of a material. And it'll give you suggestions. And now you take that and you improve that. So today's situation is that it is going to become, it's going to move faster uh, at a rapid pace, uh, uh, pace. But the disruption, if we embrace the disruption and ride the wave, I think anybody who does that will do well, including the content industry. Uh, and, and suddenly it opens up more material that can come in, more faster uh, training, delivery, enablement uh, that can come in than before. Uh, so I think we are trying to be very relevant in today's market. You uh, spoke about hiring. Uh, so in any service-based business, I think 
people are the uh, at the center of, of either success or failure of that venture so having said that uh, how do you go about hiring what is uh, what are the different uh, checkpoints that you did, that you take a candidate through how do you search for right candidates what's a typical hiring uh, uh, procedure yeah um, we we've, we've kind of taken some of the hiring practices through my experience but also uh, through microsoft one of the um, and then looked at how others are hiring as well uh, but one of the key things for us is fast is a great um, you know determinant or uh, forecast for the future so we focus very heavily on what have you done in the past into details into the project and not necessarily so much about your stature or where you're coming from or rutba in Hindi, you know, so we don't care. You have spent, you know, you're coming from the top consulting companies, but if you have an attitude, if you feel you have a chip on your shoulder mm -hmm. and you cannot go down into the weeds to really do problem solving, work well with others. So a lot of those things matter. But how do you, how do you find that out in an interview? Uh, we believe it is through uh, detailed questioning of whatever you've done in the past. doesn't matter. And go deeper in that and, and unearth uh, what is it, how did you behave when things were not good, how, what did you do specifically. And so all our uh, interview style is on, on your past work that you did and then finding relevant connections to say, okay, relevant, some of this is trainable, some of this is non-trainable. The behavioral aspects are deeply ingrained and what will work well. We are able to retain in general uh, Scale-up is able to retain a lot of people compared to uh, the industry, number one. Mm -hmm. People generally, again, I'm probably generalizing and coming from, uh, you know, the founder, CEO, you can take it with a pinch of salt because, you know, I will always speak highly about my company, but I've seen, we've done a lot of uh, feedback. The people feel highly respected, valued after hiring. So it's not just the hiring challenge, it is the retention challenge. So we speak mm. a lot about culture when we are hiring. We speak a lot about, and this I'm talking since December 2015 that we were formed. Uh, we talk, talk a lot about distributed work even before the pandemic uh, because uh, we set up, uh, I knew that I, I'm not going to set up the way I described my initial days. We did not set up a physical you know, infrastructure. We took up push, uh, working space so that as we grow we can have some of our initial hires were temp workers they were because i didn't have full projects so we said you know in the us we said we will do you know only half a day of work if you're okay and you can freelance somewhere else so so a lot of our work and then uh, our nature of our work when we set up very early in india as well was distributed so we knew that there is going to be people working uh, some hours in the evening, some hours in the morning. So when when pandemic happened, we tried immediately because our team was already set up in a distributed fashion. We have people in about 35 cities worldwide. Uh, and although we have these three offices, uh, but in the US, only 20% people are in the Seattle area. So everybody's working distributed, everybody's working more remotely. And then when pandemic happened, we were very quick to adapt to that work culture. 
And because we were talking about that work culture earlier in the hiring itself. So now when people work, so we have, a, and in the content industry, we have a lot of people who come in, I want to come in for flexibility. I have 20 years experience, but mm. I haven't been treated uh, well with respect. I have got a lot of restrictions. You know, do this. You can only work nine to five and all of that. A lot has changed now post-pandemic. But mm. that was because uh, it was a need, not a desire. We were operating because we felt that that is the way we like to operate. And that's the reality given our projects, the way we are uh, managing. So a lot of people like that. A lot of people feel that they have a voice in the company. So our retention, by and large, is, uh, is quite good. Uh, obviously, tough times also means you know, hiring staffs. You you know you try to do more with less and stuff like that. But we, we grew rapidly year on year. We continue to grow. So that helps as well to have a positive rhythm, uh, a positive outlook for employees to look at. So yeah. that's been the key. But hiring the right attitude and culture fit uh, pays longer dividends, at least for us. While many of the hard skills, uh, you know, provided the person is in the realm, has done yeah. some work, some of them are trainable as well. Uh, but the softer skills and the culture fit uh, is important. Got you. My final question. Tell us what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you? How would you define the term entrepreneur or what are the skill sets that make an entrepreneur? Uh, well, the one of the things, the skill set of entrepreneur is that um, you have to go with the mindset uh, of, you know, we can talk about courage, we can talk about dive into it. One, you have to really understand and go with it with full expectations that the buck stops at you. Right? You can take as much advice around, but you have to make decisions and then live by those decisions, whether they are good or they are bad. Mm -hmm. And expect both good and bad decisions because you don't know. It's a, it's a decision that you have to make and then you have to figure out that work well or not. Uh, but for me, being able to adapt quickly, being able to listen, being able to understand and soak in what's really happening, how is the, the you know, being able to listen to your team, being able to listen to your customers uh, is, is phenomenal. Being able to listen and observe your market conditions uh, is important and make changes and adjustments to map. And for an entrepreneur, the favorite word becomes, for me, it becomes an and and not a or. It's usually not, I want to do this or this. It usually ends up becoming, I want to do this and this and this and this. I want to deliver high quality to my customers and I want to deliver it on time and I want to make profit for myself and I want to have a happy team and I have to you know, uh, get repeat business from the customer uh, and all of those. So these are all and statements. And how do you do all of this? Because sometimes customers are going to squeeze saying, no, I'm only going to pay this. But now you have to work backwards and say, okay, how do I make sure uh, you know, I'm able to do that? And it's, sometimes you end up having to say no, not only to business, having to say no, because you don't believe in that. And you know, sticking with your belief uh, becomes very important. But the most critical aspect I feel is acceptance of the result. 
uh, and, and I'm probably going uh, on Gita philosophy or Guru Granth Sahib or most spiritual journeys, is that you, while you become an actor, you want to shape things and everything, you have the humility to say, accept, you know, the things that did not land the way you expected. What is your task? What is your karam? What is your, you know, uh, thing to do from here onwards? You cannot change what has happened. So how do you put your, so how do you rebalance yourself? For an entrepreneur, it is extremely important because you have to, you know, you will, things will get disrupted and you have to take a breath and say, okay, what do I do from here? What decisions do I make? Tough decision, easy decisions. How do I take my team uh, going forward? So those are some of the tenets I, I believe in. Uh, but being very, uh, when you look towards the team, or towards your clients, I believe being very approachable, being being able to talk your mind, uh, you know, being able to engage as much as possible uh, with, uh, you know, you can say I, I cannot share that, but whatever I share, there has to be some uh, truth in it, there has to be some belief in it that you're going with. Otherwise, people will tend to see through the fluff, both your employees and your customers and your partner. Uh, you, are, you should be able to say, you know, this doesn't work for me as a philosophy, but I still want your business. I still want you to stay as an employee or whatever, but you know, you should be able to talk about your beliefs versus uh, uh, talk from what the other person wants to listen all the time, even if you don't believe in it, because that, uh, shows up very quickly and the employees don't feel you're genuine. So there are just these added responsibilities that I feel uh, entrepreneur uh, carries. Got you. Well, uh, on this note, we will uh, close the session. Uh, thanks for joining us, JPS, and it was a pleasure to have you on our platform and our best wishes for uh, Scale Up. Thank you so much, Priyaranjan. It was a pleasure to talk to you and share my views. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, JPS. Have a good day. Thank you.